Hello. Uh, hello. Um, I uh have just been handed a note here. Um, that says okay. that you've become one year worse as of today. <laughs> I became worse. <laughs> I became worse. I did by an increment of one year, one annum. Yeah. Right. I'm now. I've become the thirty nine year old. Right. Yeah. So. so now that you've turned eighteen, uh, <laughs> what are you? Are you gonna get some smokes or you know? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think I'm going to get some smokes. You can't tell, Maybe but I'm some... doing the thing with my eyebrows. They're like, huh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Maybe some chew. Uh, <laughs> some I did. I did have a family member for my birthday. Shout out to this family member. I Maybe I, I don't know if I should say who it is on the off chance it, it compromises their OPSEC. <laughs> yeah, they gave fair. me a substantial amount of money on Venmo, and they said, this is earmarked for weeds. So, <laughs> so it's gonna be a good time. Tremendous. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm gonna be doing some shopping after this. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I'm old. Let's let's. How old are you again? You're. Oh, I'm I'm thirty. I'm the big you're 30. thirty. Yeah. It's it's always funny because people think that you that I that you're older than me because you're more mature. Right. <laughs> well, I think it's just our voices that you, you yeah. have the voice of uh, an 18 year old. Yeah, I do. Who, who, yeah. Like, I mean, if you started complaining about like AP English homework, it would make a lot of sense. <laughs> we yeah. call it Andy Milanakis voice. <laughs> That's like, what oh, I got. man, my mom uh, took my phone away and I can't oh! go to the. <laughs> no, Cap, I'm so mad right now. I'm low-key going to lose it. I don't know. Took away my Xbox. I can't play Fortnite with with my friends. (laughs) This This is bullshit. (laughs) Mom, you're acting really toxic right now. You're gaslighting. (laughs) Listen, you can grow boss, but not all over me, okay? (laughs) Um that's Uh, probably so cringe to all of our younger listeners. I'm so sorry. But I'm old. (laughs) Speaking of shopping. Um, mm-hmm. I went shopping the other day because a uh, listener, listener and friend, good comrade Emma, um, she she shared something she found in a gas station, which is a new Takis branded product. I've got it. Takis. Takis. As I like to say, as I like to say, because they don't put uh like an apostrophe in there, so I read it as Takis. Oh, Takis. Takis. <laughs> Hey, get your tuckus off of me. <laughs> they had the they had the blue ones at my store, and I just want to say that blue is an unsettling color for them. Blue is a very unsettling color for it's, and chip. It's not like a light blue. It's like a very vibrant, like yeah. dark blue. It's like just, I'm sorry, a fried food should not be this color. My brain is telling me that like this is bad. <laughs> you know when you eat that, you're gonna crap out like day glow orange. Like right. It's yeah. not going to be good. Well, it's like it's, it sets off the warning bells in my brain that's like, this is probably poisoned food. It's not supposed is, to look like this. This is either moldy or a sort of toxic metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not good to eat. Yeah. This is the Takis. This product is called Hot Nuts. Mm. Fuego. Steamed hams. Hot nuts. <laughs> hot, hot nuts. Hot nuts. Um. Wait, wait, I got I got one for this. Uh hot nuts. 
when it comes to the seduction of women, <laughs> there is a very, very large difference. Between cold nuts and hot nuts. Okay, so... <laughs> They, yeah, they're just, um, if, if anyone's familiar with the delicious Mexican the treat, of cold nuts, yeah, the concept, the con, honestly, um, in a Petersonian sense, it is important that they're <laughs> hot nuts. Um, imagine nuts, but warm. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, something to snack on maybe while you're doing your woodworking, Andrew. Um, yeah, I would, I could suggest that. So no, but, um, there's this product called, uh, Cacahuate sapones, which is um, uh, Japanese peanuts um, okay. from Mexico. And there was like a, apparently a Japanese man uh, uh, was making these sort of coated, these nuts that are like coated in a flower, like a, sh that turns into like a crunchy, sweeter kind of shell. It's almost like uh -huh. they're made out of peanut butter or something. I don't know. <clears throat> it's very delicious, but it appears that that's what this is, but they've added the talky flavoring to it so i'm gonna go ahead and right and um, then you have to give it a dumb name because people can't pronounce you know that cacahuate <laughs> sapones yeah <laughs> so instead they're like what do we we'll just call it hot nuts because no one knows what cacahuate sapones are the funny thing about cacahuate sapones is that they um a lot of the times they come in a very long bag like a skinny long tall yeah, sort bag. of like like a roasted almonds kind of thing or like um speaking of hot nuts <laughs> yeah yeah like like picture almost like a i don't even know how to describe it but it's like a just to take a like normal chip bag and make it like into a quarter of its width but then like double or triple its height so it's just like a very long tube of nuts so um yeah but this this is a normal container so i'm gonna try these i'm gonna try these so mm -hmm. I'll tell you how they go. They're not great because I'll tell you what. The the Takis like chili flavor. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Maybe they're growing on me. Mm. I don't know. I feel like there's too much going on here. I don't know. More more testing may be required. It just makes me want Takis. Yeah. Or Kakawatsu's opponents. Mm -hmm. Oh, this reminds me. We don't have this in the notes, but did you see the picture I took yesterday at the grocery store? No. Uh, they're they're wilding out with uh, the flavors for the Simply Pop popcorn or whatever it's called. Um, they okay. have a you know they have like the they have like the butter and the sea salt and like the kettle corn flavor, like the white cheddar, the white cheddar. Yeah. Um, this one was a twist of lime. Okay. And I was like, I don't know that that is really what I'm looking for in my popcorn <laughs> taste, but sure. Yeah, I could see that being all right. Usually, I like to make popcorn and sometimes I think I'll... you'd need a specific drink to have with it. Oh, you know? yeah, like a beer or yeah. something like... Yeah, yeah, margarita. Yeah, a, um, they, they have like chips that are like that, but I like to put tahini on mm -hmm. popcorn, which is like lime and chili. The lime now, why isn't see they should have like a tie-in for that, you know? Yeah, like a I don't know why they didn't do some like corporate synergy. Pop tahin. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, don't I don't know. It's I feel like we're more likely to see like Oreos tahin cream flavor than we are to see <laughs> <laughs> simply pop tahin. <laughs> tahin Oreos is so cursed. <laughs> oh, that would be so bad. <laughs> 
Yeah, I it's, don't know. It's, it's like fruity and tangy chocolate. and sweet and. <laughs> oh, that just like made my face tense up involuntarily. Like all my skin just like. <laughs> I okay, well, like, don't Ew. relax your face because our next item might also make your face make that. Make oh that no! Face. Yeah. Let's let's get to it. All right. Uh, you, you remember Winamp, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It the, really the whips llama the llama's thing. ass, etc. Yeah. yeah, media player that we all had in like the early two mm. thousands. We all skinned. Um, I spent a lot of time skinning that. Yeah, it it's still around. Um, sort of limping on. Uh, they claim that they're working on a new version. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, the big thing that they came out with this week is uh an NFT. <sighs> And we love that. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? <laughs> <laughs> what they uh, what the, what they're doing here is uh, it says this is a tweet from Winamp it says the team is thrilled to announce the auctioning of Winamp original skin as a one of one NFT and the launch of the Winamp Foundation. <laughs> so you can you can buy the original Winamp skin, the one that everyone changed away from immediately as an <laughs> NFT. Um, so you know, enjoy that, I guess. Everything's a scam. It's just like, why? Why? <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure who Winamp is owned by anymore. It's, yeah, I, I'm confused about this. Yeah, I, I was don't trying even to hunt it's it like, down. It's like real player or something. Like, I don't, it's, I know there's something out there, some company or something, but. Yeah, it's like, it, it, yeah, it's like, it's still being, uh, you know, like nominally kept alive by some company. But you're you're almost entirely certain that it's at, like, you know, a money laundering sort of thing or a front yeah. for something else. I was know? talking to <clears throat> I was talking to my family yesterday and they were talking about like NFTs and crypto and stuff like that. And I was and I and I had this realization that like the, the extolling the virtues, for, no doubt. No, no. The important <laughs> thing to know is that it's not for you. Like, right. <laughs> NFTs and crypto are for rich people. It's not for you. It's yeah. and it's and 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 to the extent that it's made to seem like it's for you, it's just to get you into their pyramid they're, scheme. They're the little expensive chachkas that you would see at like the Pier One store, and you're what you're like, who would buy that? That's yeah. weirdly expensive and not necessary. Uh, that's what NFTs are. They're just yeah. like decorative little things that you can waste your money on. Um, yeah. Or a way to grift each other. Yeah, it's um, a because it's a scam. That's, it's, that's, a, it's a pyramid scheme, is all it is. Yeah, well, yeah, and you know everything is a scam now. The whole country is basically just a pile of scams on top of each other. Yeah, we don't make anything anymore. So the only we're way just, to make any money is to trick people into giving it to you. Yeah, we're all we're all. It was. It's really uh, anyway. Patreon dot com slash. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your money. Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't, you won't don't get anything for it, but you also won't. Ne- you probably won't feel bad about it. Hopefully, either. Yeah, you know it's going to a good cause, and we make no promises. Like, it's it's mo- it's a gift, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that that, that's Patreon dot com slash good stuff. Now more than ever, <laughs> the TBH. Um, yeah. speaking of scams, uh, I've realized that like probably the most the the most amazing creature is the the all corvids I, i've been into mm-hmm. corvids mm-hmm. they're amazing they're so smart now, they scare me corvids have had a bad rap race recently because of the disease that they i'm wait i'm sorry i'm confused wait, uh, here 
Mm. <laughs> Peng. Um, they anyhow, this has nothing to do with it, and I'm not doing a good transition. But I just want to let people know that I'm I'm befriending a raven at work. So I'll go take my lunch. I'll go drive my car over to this area where there's like a off of a parking lot, and there's a bunch of trees and stuff still like on campus, and it's like mm-hmm. shaded. And I'll uh, eat my lunch. But when I do, I'll bring some like dried fruit or nuts and I will leave it. Perhaps maybe some hot. I will definitely leave, be leaving these somewhere. Um, yeah, put my, put my hot nuts in something. The, uh, my, yeah, but I'm befriending a Raven and now, and, and he shows me that sounds like a euphemism. Befriending Uh, a Raven. You know, like how they, what was that that they used to say, like, they'd say, oh, he's a friend of Dorothy or whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I'm, bef- I, I'm befriending a raven. It's like, oh, I see. Mm-hmm, he's a I friend gotcha. of Corvid's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, he's started showing up uh, when, when I take my lunch. He flies in and he'll fly in with like, he'll have like a nut in his mouth or like a shiny object. And he goes and he buries it. And and then he like, well, I'll give him something and he'll go and he'll hide it somewhere. And See that, it's a very you know, funny thing to watch. That's a better investment strategy than NFTs. So, Dude, that, you know, that Corvid understands things better than half of the people <laughs> in the United States. He's, he's doing uh, even better than fractional reserve banking you know yeah seriously (laughs) so anyhow i just i just want to say that this is something that's brought so much delight for me and it literally Mm. is like takes no effort they're super smart do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so i want to see i want to see how friendly i can get with them i want to start aren't corbett's the birds that can like they figure out that they can like uh displace water uh in order to get something that they want like they'll if there's something floating in a glass but the water level is too low they'll like put stuff in the glass to make the water come up yeah there's this really cool uh there's this interesting which i mean is something babies can do but you know humans corvids yeah let me find this link to this lady uh she like basically befriended a a family of crows yeah and uh she she basically leaves all these little puzzles out for them every day Mm-hmm. And they come and they solve them. Let me put this in the show notes. Um, it's pretty cool. I wonder if, they, I, I, I wonder if they're doing it because it. they enjoy it or because they think that they're like helping her or like. <laughs> I get the distinct or, impression. Or, or or are they like, oh, this again? When are we finally going to be done with these? <laughs> they're like, oh. like to them, it's the jo- their job. Yeah, they're it's like, like oh, geez. <laughs> putting on their necktie, getting their briefcase, being, honey, I'm off. Another I- day in the factory. <laughs> I'm off to move seed about. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they seem so smart. Like, you can really tell that they, they get what's going on. Yeah. So, sorry, the hot, hot nuts are making my nose water. Yeah. Ah, well, that'll me. happen. <laughs> that's, what, that's, the, that's, that's what they say. That that's is the hot nut always... experience. That's the hot nut promise. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I ha- okay, on. so mag- magpies are corvids, and if you've ever heard a magpie, uh, you know, sing its little tune, um, they're definitely like 
that's definitely like communicating data. Like I've heard data transmissions that sound <laughs> like magpie it's, calls. It, do, it does sound like a fax machine or something. Exactly. Yeah. They're definitely. Yeah. They've got like a haze fax modem inside of each of them, and they're like they're like. Speaking of magpies, I learned about something this week. I was watching the television program from Australia called Rosehaven. It's like a sitcom. Okay. Uh-huh. It's very good. Highly recommend. Quite enjoyable. It takes place in Tasmania, so it's like... But I learned that there's something there called magpie swooping season. Have you heard of this? I have, yeah. Uh, you have to be careful, uh, is my understanding in Australia, because there's a certain uh, time of the year in which the magpies will just have a go Attack. at you. Yeah, because yeah. they're like defending their, their eggs or their nest. Yeah, which like, uh, clearly they're not smart enough to understand that like we don't care like it, you don't yeah. need to i'm not i don't want your eggs <laughs> so Leave i need to alone. know the thing the thing i need to know is in the show they all were wearing protective like hats so they'd like wear bike helmets when they went out with like they'd put a bunch of little spikes or things on them like sticking out to dissuade the magpies from swooping at them mm-hmm. and i'm wondering is this real or is this just for comedy because i couldn't quite tell uh, and yeah, i need I'm to reading- know I'm reading here on Wikipedia and it says um, uh, almost all attacking magpies are male and they are generally known to attack pedestrians at around 50 meters and cyclists at around 100 meters from their nest. So they, they're able to classify targets. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they know how far they got to go for the bikers. Yeah. And they, they specifically <laughs> smaller, especially younger people, lone people and people traveling quickly appear to be targeted most often by swooping magpies. Um. <laughs> Yeah, man. So and then there's a picture here of someone wearing a a cyclist wearing a helmet that has like some spikes on it, which they appear to have made from like some uh, zip ties, but to to ward off magpie swooping. So, yeah, I just that's I don't know. Australia is a weird place, man. It's like a different (laughs) world. It's like a it's like in Star Star Wars or Star Trek, you know, to go to like a different planet. It's like a class M planet, but it's like. It's a little off. Like, you know, this is filmed at the Huntington Library, but things look weird. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it feels like in Australia. Like, I can recognize this as a normal, like, human civilization, but everything's a little funny. Everything's a little strange. Did you know that yeah. there was a giant kangaroo in Australia that was around at the same time as Aboriginal people? So, like, no. they remember the giant kangaroo. And Incredible. the giant kangaroo, let me, kangaroo. Australia. It it didn't. Oh, this is is this the yes? It's called Procoptodon. Wait, Procoptodon. Yeah, mm-hmm. it had so its feet were just two. Like each foot was one talon. <laughs> so it's just like an extremely sharp claw on the bottom of both feet. It was like six feet tall. Oh my goodness! And yeah. And it didn't hop. Andrew, do you know how it got around? <laughs> it walked like a man. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> so like, a bipedal, a bipedal it, kangaroo that's six and, six and a half feet tall. <laughs> it's so <laughs> scary. So like, I'm glad all that these, that isn't around anymore, because that is all, an affront unto God, I think. There's all <laughs> these indigenous stories of just getting wrecked by the evil giant kangaroo man. Yeah. And it's so funny, because you know, like, probably, like, 
you know, the first Europeans interacting with these people, they hear the story and they're like, these, these freaking people are crazy. And it turns yeah. out, no, they did coexist with giant kangaroo man that walked around on two feet and had giant claws. Jeez. <laughs> Just like, yeah. So I don't know. We're, we're learning so much today. Do you know? Yeah. Welcome to nature hour. <laughs> Remember when I did the, when I did the, um, the transition chime and then we didn't talk about that yeah, no that's yeah <laughs> well that's because the actual news is as usual sad and depressing um yeah and we do we don't want to think about it but we'll think yeah. here i'll do it well i'll force us to do it now again okay great <laughs> tell me about ukraine uh ukraine um so obviously the russian ukraine war has been continuing which is very bad but it's also produced like a it. lot of very bad takes um first up we have uh, the napalm very overblown nowadays guy. Uh, this is a tweet. It says, napalm very overblown nowadays. It's just sticky fuel that burns longer. It's good for starting a fire and not much else. There are a lot of better alternatives. Want fire to stick phosphorus, friend. Want shit to burn violently and melt concrete chlorine trifluoride. So, you know, just some advice from a random Twitter guy to, I guess, either Russia or Ukraine about, uh, you know, yeah napalm is passe we're over it so you know this guy since everything's a scam you know if we research this guy we're gonna find out that like his uncle runs or his a chemical dad company runs like a phosphorus or a chlorine trifluoride <laughs> yeah. manufacturing plant <laughs> he's like a right. weapons contractor that doesn't carry napalm and is upset mm. uh, it's just of of... all the takes to issue at a time like this right yeah you're we're, like it's weird well, how people online are able to like divorce themselves so much from reality that like some terrible tragedy that's going on in a the world, they just think of it like they're playing command and conquer, you know? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so well, I wouldn't personally, I would have <laughs> min maxed into, you know, <laughs> just so I, I would, I would, I would have ordered a lot more anti-tank infantry and spread yeah. it about the countryside to a greater extent. It's like, Okay, buddy. This this cool. isn't Hearts of Iron Four. <laughs> <laughs> These people, man. Uh, next, we have uh, U.S. Representative Madison Cawthorn, um, who has gotten in hot water because he called cool uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky a thug. Remember Excuse that Zelensky me? is a thug, he said. Remember that the Ukrainian government is incredibly corrupt and is incredibly evil and has been pushing woke ideologies. Come um, on, man. The Which, if you know anything Ukrainian about the government, has been pushing woke ideology. If, if you know anything about the Ukrainian political situation, <laughs> that is extremely f f hilarious in how wrong it is. How much of the the Ukrainian political establishment is just little Madison Cawthorns running around? Do yeah, you know a lot. I mean? Right. Like, I mean, frankly, you think really Madison well. Cawthorn would be out here being like, "I fully support the Azov Battalion," yeah, and they're very cool, uh, classical insignia. Um, <laughs> But no, he's he's too much of a Putin guy. And that's the thing. You've seen a lot of the far right folks. They're having to like thread a, a, a real needle here because because they really like Putin and they wish that like we had a Putin type figure here. But they also realize that like what he's doing is bad and they sort of realize that they can't really explicitly support Putin right now. Um, well, I think and so even they're. More, yeah, they they. They they like Putin, but they also like war profiteering. And right, so yeah. there can't be war profiteering unless we make somebody a bad guy. And they know we're not they're not gonna convince everyone that, that 
the, they've seen that the the Overton window is so far toward the Ukraine good, you know, that there's they're not going right. to be able to do anything about that. Yeah. So yeah, they're caught between these and two. And so things. they've kind of been they've been quiet on this, I guess, except for the occasional putting your foot in your mouth like Madison Cawthorn here. So anyway. Yeah. Um well, next we have Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to lead into this that, you know, I mean, we really have to consider what yeah. canceling Putin. This is uh this is in the Atlantic. Uh of uh the the article's just titled Of course Putin is being canceled. Subhead, and that's a good thing. Um, first, first line of this, perhaps the time has come for Vladimir Putin to go on Joe Rogan's podcast because Russia has been canceled. That's right. We've canceled Russia. <laughs> Who is this Mr. Person? Putin, sir, you are canceled. <laughs> I don't know. This is, this Helen- is, we have more stuff about cancel culture in this episode. Um, this is rather bizarre to to portray the like you know sanctioning and whatever opposition to a war of aggression as being part of cancel culture doesn't make mm. sense but i think it also proves the point that cancel culture doesn't mean anything it just means sort of whatever you want it to mean it's just a phrase that you can use in in your to to support your your given ideological argument at any time be like yeah you know what Putin is being canceled, and it's good, actually. So Helen we're canceling, Lewis we're canceling is a Putin. British journalist. Uh, well, there's problem number one. Who who was educated at the independent St. <laughs> Mary's School in Worcester, Worcester okay. and then read English at St. Peter's College, Oxford. So Okay, I've spotted the second issue. <laughs> British columnists should be canceled. That's my opinion. How, how is the Atlantic becoming a British newspaper, basically? <laughs> well, because they love to do contrarianism, and that's, yeah. you know, that's uh, all that the British columnists do these days is contrarianism. So, But I did include here the only correct take. Um, this is a, an image from Twitter user at Zomputer with an X. I do not stand with Russia. I do not stand with Ukraine. I do not stand with NATO. I do not stand with the UN. I stand in line for brisket at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. <laughs> now, the, the top That's reply it. to this I see is someone who says, incredibly in poor taste. <laughs> and then someone Has else replied and said, Rudy's Country Brisket? I was say, someone me, else replied taste? to that and said, Rudy's tastes pretty good, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your service, faithful uh, commenter. Sometimes reply guys are good, okay? We just need to put that out there. Yeah. Sometimes they're in the trenches doing the real work, and Mm -hmm. we appreciate them for that. Fighting the meme war. So I also see that there's some uh, hard drive deletion going on. This was fun. Um, So uh, a guy, uh, and it is a guy, uh, whose name is Brandon Nozaki Miller, a.k.a. RIA Evangelist, Um, he he has a... uh, node package for node.js called node ipc um which is a dependency for a lot of um internet services or or, or other packages or things like that and he thought that it would be a great idea as an act of protest to write um a new package which he called peace not war and what this does is it displays a, a peace message um on the user's desktop um what it also does that's sort of obscured because it's uh, uh encoded in base 64 is it determines if you are in a uh, Russian or Belarusian uh, IP address, and then it deletes your hard drive, if so. Um, um, that's not- 
And so he put this, he made this a dependency of Node IPC, which then brought it in as a dependency for all of these other things. And um, yeah, this is just malware, regardless yeah. of whether you're like political intent, you know, you're doing like, uh, um, you know, like protest or whatever. Well, what you're are still... Russians even doing with a computer? That's sus. Yeah, right. You know, exactly. shouldn't, it's like, shouldn't they oh, just have potato? In order to protest the Russian invasion of Ukraine, I'm going to uh, fuck up a bunch of random Russian and Belarusian <laughs> people. I'm going to make them go technologically back to the Stone Age. That will help with information dispersal. That definitely won't help seed power to Putin to, <laughs> to yeah. get rad, I don't, bad information I, out there. Like, I just don't understand why you would think that this is a good idea. Um, like it at almost all. sounds so dumb. So it it almost sounds so bad that it was an accident, and then yeah. they like tried to backfill and be like, no, 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 no. This is because of Ukraine. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, and then there's deeper problems, uh, which is that like the entire computing ecosystem, especially around web development, is basically based on just having tons and tons of dependencies from packages like this, and you can't audit any of them to yeah. see like what changed and whether they're bad or not. Like the whole system is totally screwed um and basically relies upon people not being deliberately malicious and jerkwads so um yeah this wasn't um, even but, deliberately malicious in a way it was just like uh i don't know <laughs> yeah i guess it's malicious towards certain people yeah i don't that's yeah anyway this guy i think has probably screwed up his career prospects for a little bit so you know yeah sounds bad don't don't put that on your resume. <laughs> um, but then there was, of course, a, a lovely take about this, uh, which is from a, a, a guy named Nigel Small, who says, if you're using someone's software for free and you've never signed anything nor paid them and a change is made to that software, even a radical or stupid change, then the blame for any problems you get lies squarely with you, not the author. <sighs> you lose data, that's your fault. You, you lose money, that's your fault. No one else is responsible for your tech infrastructure unless you pay them to be. Take responsibility. Which is like um, ultra individualism, but for computing, which is like, you know, I, I'm sort of trusting that everyone else is not going to be a jerk, but his thing is like, nope, if people are jerk to you, that's entirely your own fault. It's like, okay, cool. I love <laughs> living in this sort of society. I love like a techno libertarianism in software yeah. development. It's like, oh, it's That's, not my fault. I'm going to guess this guy is from the UK because his name's Nigel Small. I think um, you're probably So correct. I'm going to give yeah. him a... Warmed in the microwave. And it I sounds like see, his brain has been warmed in the microwave. <laughs> I did see a good tweet, which I need to find because I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was basically like, you know, um, lots of tech bros have only the idea for like not abstract consequences and they have yeah. no idea of like the actual consequences of their actions and they basically said like what you need to think about is if somewhere somehow a hospital is relying on this and you break it will people die yeah that's <laughs> if the so, big difference don't do it <laughs> a lot of people confuse what i do with what with what uh developers do like they they think it and developers is the same thing and mm -hmm. I always like try to remind them that no, we're the guys fixing the things that the developers break. We're the, we're the consequence dealer withers. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, they're the research scientists, and we're the like pediatricians. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's only so much we can do, but like also that we we are aware of consequences. Like when we make decisions, we we're almost too anal as a profession about it. Like that's the thing that people get pissed off about. Text. 
you know we're always mm-hmm. like telling you every way this can turn into a disaster we're so good at it we're so yeah. good at finding the way this is kills. gonna go bad but that's what our job is do you know what i mean mm-hmm. read <laughs> so, the books read the manuals yeah you got to you <laughs> it's just you know it's preposterous to me uh open source software that bricks computers things of this nature it's bad mm-hmm. also cancel culture yeah, um, uh, former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, is uh, currently trying to become future governor of New York um, uh, for some reason. He doesn't want to just go away. Um, and so he's, uh, he's, he's uh, gone off on cancel culture because he, of course, got canceled for doing sexual assaults, among other things. Uh, and, and also he killed a bunch of old people uh, in... in uh, yeah. Um, so he was, uh, he was, I guess, out and about this week and said, our cancel culture today is like modern day stonings, um, which I would note that it isn't in, in any way. No. Um, first off, you're not having stones lobbed at you. Um, in fact, you're not receiving any sort of physical violence at all, um, nor is it any sort of death penalty. But he then says, um, Cuomo citing uh, uh, Carville without irony to declare that there is no doubt that the tail is now wagging the dog with radical Democrats and cancel culture as a social death penalty. And uh, I feel like the fact that he is able to make this statement itself disproves this notion at all, because if it was a social death penalty, we wouldn't be hearing from him. So I, I just for one am glad that he's found the bravery to finally come out as a Republican. I like it. <laughs> Good for him. I'm proud yeah. of him. I don't Great. agree with his lifestyle, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm proud that he's <laughs> able to be out here living his truth now. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> I'm just I don't so know. sick. If I, I never had that... to hear of a Cuomo again, it wouldn't be too soon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'm sick of hearing about him, so let's move on. <laughs> We'll not tarnish our show with any dullards anymore. Oh, wait, what's this? We've got something on Tim Pool. You, you know of Tim Pool, right? <laughs> How would you describe Tim Pool? Because I don't know that we've discussed him on the show before. We've discussed him, him but a... we've never really discussed him. Right. You know? Yeah. So, what, I mean, like, what kind of person is Tim Pool for the, for the when listener I, who's When not I think familiar? of Tim Pool, I think the only thing I can think of is... <laughs> He's just living embodiment of this he's he's one of the most credulous rubes to have ever done it i yeah. would say yeah um and just he, like um, a complete and utter moron um yeah and somehow has a huge following uh you know yeah somehow so, got the blue check mark uh is yeah. a, apparently a journalist either even though he's only formerly a vice in fusion so, yeah. so Mr. Poole here has a tweet from a couple days ago. He says, I went to a diner with my girlfriend and was told it was a 20-minute wait. After only a few minutes, a couple walked in and was seated right away. I complained and left right away. I don't tolerate bullshit, and I don't po- tolerate people who think I should care when they do. Um, and what Mr. Poole has inadvertently uh, discovered here, or at least experienced, is um, what happens when you have a reservation versus what happens when you don't. <laughs> It's just he, like, he's literally unfamiliar with the concept of a reservation. He's like, wait a minute, why are they getting seated before me? He sees them, they so. come to the ta- they come to the, you know, the host and they say, uh, we have a reservation for McDonald's and go, oh, right this way. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. 
Like well, how did they Poole, do did that? You know, you can you can call the restaurant ahead of time and say uh, we're be, we'll be coming in at, at six p.m. if you would care to hold two seats for us. In fact, they like when you do that because now yeah. they can control everything, and they you know what I mean. They know what they're gonna have to have, and it, it's just I, <laughs> how did these people? They just they just are like floating in the world like they're in a little bubble like they're a little bubble well, boy this, the thing is i'm not sure that a guy like tim pool leaves his house that often yeah maybe i mean uh, i don't like leave consumes my house any often. sort of media that would that would like i give you an understanding of how normal human interactions occur you know one know. of the things one of the things one of the criteria that i've started so i'm unfortunately or unfortunately or fortunately back on the dating apps and mm. One of the things that I look for when people post pictures of their friends is like, do all their friends look like them? If so, red flag. Like, yeah. do they, if they have a fat friend and they have, or, and, or they appear to have a friend who is like of a different race, ethnicity, socioeconomic group. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's a green it- flag. But if it looks like the, uh, you know, like the, uh, I don't know, University of uh, Tennessee, uh, you know, sorority <laughs> chapter, you know, yeah. where it's just a bunch of blonde haired white girls like. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. But that that's how I feel about. I'm Tim sick Pool. of it. Like, you know, every guy, every person Tim Pool is around is just like him, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and he's never right. confronted with anything else. Yeah. And, and that's he incredible says, that he can build a world like that. Yeah. Um, he says here in a reply, he says, I worked for a major corporate news outlet and was paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, citation needed. When they told me to get woke, I said no and tried to break my contract. I don't tolerate BS. If you do, by all means do you, but don't come to my sad because you won't stand up for yourself. So he try- um, He admits he tried to break his contract. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think we all remember when the major corporate news outlets uh, told everyone to get woke. That was yeah. a thing that happened. It was definitely issued from management. Many such was, cases. A, a memo, a memo that said, "Dear get employees, woke. dear employees, get woke, <laughs> get woke, no, or get broke." It started. It started off. It started off. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I can't do this. You Anyhow, are watching a master at work. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Pim tool. Um, you know, like this brings up a good point. It's something I've been like a thought technology I've been toying with thinking about. And it's, uh, you know, there's that saying like become ungovernable. It's like the ironic internet, you know, it'll uh-huh. be like a picture of a right. raccoon doing some crazy wild stuff. Yeah. Or like walking on grass where there's a sign that says, do not walk on grass. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I've just started thinking about like, I've been telling myself become unmarketable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. meaning, uh, if you see like a in a specific example, like if you see a fight, argument, squabble between like two rich people, like powerful, wealthy, you know, people with a platform, mm-hmm. um, what what they want you to do is to get drawn into it because they're trying to sell you something because everything's a scam. Um, right. This is what Tim Pool's doing. Uh, Patreon. I'm sure. Good stuff. He's he what. <laughs> it's at patreon.com slash good stuff <laughs> I like for you uh, but uh 
just like ignore it. Like don't get drawn in really. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, so here's an example of how me trying to become unmarketable has paid off. Okay. So I'm an avid TikTok user. Mm-hmm. You know this. Um, you've received my many, many TikToks that I'm just sending I, you I hourly. Yeah. Um, I'm making them from my bed. I'm still doing it. Um, Who's in charge around here? <laughs> yeah. But uh, so many people that I know that are on TikTok, like especially, especially our one of our favorite listeners, Dylan. They they had a hard time. A lot of people have had a hard time on TikTok because there was this huge fight between different like popular users on there that was like a bunch of interpersonal drama uh uh i don't want to get into it you know it's the the whole womb lands thing um and i don't know what you're talking about so i assume that i'm see, gonna yeah see and i barely know what i'm talking about because you know what i saw this video on tiktok that became that blew up but it only had like a like maybe a hundred views it like so tiktok was like all right here we go let's get this guy and they showed it to me and i within five seconds realized this is not what i want to see they're trying to suck me in and i long pressed and i said not interested don't show Mm. me this so every other following video that was like a stitch or a comment on it or whatever i just like didn't see it and Mm. everyone all i saw were videos of my friends on tiktok saying I'm so sick of this. I'm going to leave this app. This the, sucks the so meta, bad. Meta my, discussion. my whole page is just, my free page is just full of all of these stupid people talking about this thing. I can't handle this. And I'm just now, blissfully let's ignorant. Be honest. Looking at TikToks about giant kangaroos and frogs and, you know, like, <laughs> it's just glorious where oh, I'm boy, at. Look. <laughs> like, I'm still over here on lesbian I, TikTok. TikTok also thinks I'm a, I'm a, a large uh, breasted lesbian because it's it's advertising me which which you are to be clear (laughs) (laughs) yes um i lesbian brackets male (laughs) male uh uh but i and i i am you know i this is probably a c c cup i think maybe um sweet beautiful but there's a lot of muscle under there you can't see okay if you feel it it's strong okay uh I I do I do have a complaint about TikTok, which is that TikTok, um, for oh, some well, reason. Before you say that, before that, what oh, I was going to say is it's advertising to me extra large cup bras and bras for women with right. large breasts, and okay. for in some ways, TikTok repeatedly showing me ads featuring women in their uh, underwear with large breasts um, as a cans appreciator. I'm like okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is strange Not. and i feel a little guilty you know i feel like they shouldn't be doing this to me like this isn't right you know because <laughs> i'm not one of those people who goes to tiktok for smut if you do that's great get your rocks off have fun i'm not trying to i just shame. i'm thinking of the tiktok i sent you the other day where the the guy is like helping his girlfriend <laughs> like wax uh her armpit hair or whatever yeah. Yeah. And he's as he's like setting up, he's like, your cans are enormous. <laughs> he's like an Australian guy. <laughs> oh, your cans. Yeah. They're enormous. <laughs> oh, geez. My complaint about TikTok is that for some reason, TikTok thinks that I want to see clips from the television program Family Guy. What? And I, I do not know what I did to cause it to believe this about You're me. like the 
fourth person I've heard say that in a week. I don't know if it's just that there's so much Family Guy content, like accounts out there that just are posting clips from mm-hmm. the worst television series ever made, but I- I'm sick of it. I don't want it. Um, stop showing <laughs> Andrew, it Andrew, this is why I'm trying to provide you the service of sending you the good TikTok. You yeah. need to go watch them, like them, comment on them, and then the algorithm will pick up that you are also a lesbian with huge knockers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> And then it, your world will be just so much better because I don't mm. I don't think I've seen a single Family Guy thing on TikTok. I, I can't recall ever seeing that. Wow, man, that sucks. I'm, I'm happy for you. but you know. <laughs> We got to get you right. Yeah, we got to get you on the good side of TikTok. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about before we started talking about cans uh, lesbians? I'm so it'd becoming on distracted over here. I need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Well, how about we move to the next thing here? Um, did you hear about the the Hertz uh, rental car company? Uh, I, I heard they were up their... to some shenanigans. So, so what happens is uh, you rent from Hertz, um, mm-hmm. and like you, you know, you rent it for a period of time, a car, and then you want to like keep it a little bit later than that period of time, which is usually fine. Um, you request an extension; they place a hold on your credit card um, for like the additional amount. Um, if that hold fails to go through for some reason, they report the car as stolen by conversion, quote unquote, um, <clears throat> and, and then report you to the local law enforcement. Um, then, even after you pay up or return the car, they don't withdraw the theft report, um, and so you get an arrest warrant or something similar. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, uh, it turns out they file about uh, 3,365 police reports every year. That's, uh, that's just like banana town. What? Yeah. What's, what's funny is that this information only came to light because they're in bankruptcy and, uh, you know, they're in like bankruptcy proceedings. So this came out as part of their trial. Um, but they, they tried to keep it at, from coming out in trial. They argued that if the number of warrants they file became known, it would put the company at a competitive disadvantage uh, <laughs> because other car rental companies could use that information to suss out how the company manages its inventory. So... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Like when they asked for know. comment, Hertz repeated its earlier statement that it cares deeply about its customers. <laughs> so. Imagine you got you got a you got a record now because you rented a a a, a stinking you, you rented like, a car for Kia. a day longer than yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just what a we. Okay, I'm calling it. We're we're in needle neo feudalism. That's it. Uh-huh. Like we're all yeah. serfs. We're not, this isn't even capitalism anymore. <laughs> right. Like, if they could just do that to you, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. pretty soon we're just going to have debtor's prisons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. It's so good. I mean, you Doesn't... already can't discharge student loan debt in bankruptcy. I'm expecting that they'll just, like, get rid of personal bankruptcy entirely. So, oh, yeah. yeah. That'll be so, fun. That'll be a good way to control people. This is fun. This is... The world, the direction the world is heading in is just great. Yeah. Um, did you see, this is, uh, uh, you know, a couple, this is like a week old or more at this point, um, but mm-hmm. we didn't record last week because of reasons. Um, yeah. th- this essay uh, that was published, an opinion piece um, in the New York Times, 
uh, entitled, I came to college eager to debate. I found self-censorship instead. Um, this is, this is your typical, we, we love these, your typical, uh, New York times article. That's like, um, you know, someone going to college and then being like, uh, why does everyone disagree with my opinions and why won't anyone debate me about them? Um, <sighs> I, I just was, don't, this was talked about it at, at great length. Um, I think it basically comes down to like, when you're in college, you try to figure out how to fit in and there are people who simply cannot or refuse to figure that out mm-hmm. um so yeah it's great um i can understand i can understand some of this because when i was in college i was still you know m- you know active mormon person and conservative right. and i remember that a lot of things were like the the, the way you realize that like you're never going to fit in because of your weird beliefs. So mm. it's easier to define yourself in defiance of right. just like what everyone accepts is normal and good. And yeah. it's almost like the same instinct of like punk rock, but it's like in such in service of such a, a ridiculous worldview about, and it turns you into like now everyone's an enemy and everything is uh everyone's out to get you and it's like you you know you did this you this is you you don't have to be this way nobody's making you be this way no but it's like a defiant personality disorder you know right uh because you know i my own college experience is you know coming from like a small town that was largely white and going Mm -hmm. to college and meeting people from all over the place and realizing that a lot of my assumptions and beliefs were were simply wrong Um, oh I just noticed something. Oh, I know I'm reading oh this article. Oh, oh. Uh oh. Professors have noticed a shift in their classroom. Brad Wilcox, a sociology professor here, told me that he believes the two factors have caused self censorship. Okay. So Brad Wilcox, what what university is this? Uh UVA. <laughs> okay. Is that the same Brad Oh, it's a different Brad Wilcox. Okay. There's a mm. never mind. Yeah. Um, but you know, when, when you're confronted with like information that sort of rebuts your worldview, you have two choices. One is to like adjust your worldview and the other yeah. is to reject it completely and sort of double down. And the, I think the most no, people no, when no, they go to I college, can't hear you approach. Right. I think when most people go to college, they, they will adjust their worldview. But then there are people like this who are like, uh, no, I refuse to. And then they find themselves becoming more and more alienated. Uh, by their own choice and then they're like why you know why doesn't why doesn't why don't i seem to fit in here why does everyone disagree with me or whatever and i would point out too that like if you want to go to some place that you know supports your beliefs like there are universities where they do that you can go to liberty or like oral roberts or something (laughs) yeah but instead you went to the university of virginia at charlottesville which is like you know not not necessarily a super liberal it's it's a university it's neither super liberal nor super conservative so yeah you know sort it out like why um, do you want to be in academia if this is how you are do you know what i mean yeah, like right you won't be you won't be happy um but this was talked about a lot online especially by um you know new york times columnists who were like somewhat annoyed that their ed board uh uh you know um post or allowed this to be published or whatever um yeah. and then there was a uh a, a woman Pamela uh, Pereski, 
who did like a little tweet thread of analysis. Um, and she's like, oh, see, this this phenomena of people piling on is exactly what this article is about. Um, all of these writers who have high net prestige in our online prestige economy because they have high follower count and, and blue check marks um, and, and prestige is social cur- currency. Uh, we'll call it prestige coin. Uh, was basically like oh people are piling on and that's bad um and then all of the people she was accusing of piling on well some some tremendous if you click through these these uh, this thread some tremendous like slides basically (laughs) reward social equals prestige emotional equals dopamine quote harmless torturers paul bloom i don't know what any of this means and it seems like no one else really knew what it meant either um but you know, one of the people mentioned this was uh, Jamel Bowie, who replied back and was like, um, you know, I'm not piling on. I'm just commenting on, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, a, wh- a what, how is the internet article. supposed to work according to these people? How's social media know. supposed to be? Like, someone publishes their thing and everyone comments, this is very nice and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's actually, we come to the next item, which is uh, y- just uh, yesterday, or rather the day before yesterday. Um, the New York Times editorial board published an editorial entitled America has a free speech problem. Boy. And uh, what it says here, it says uh, for all of the tolerance and enlightenment that modern society claims, Americans are losing hold of a fundamental right as citizens of a free country, the right to speak their minds and voice their opinions in public without fear of being shamed or shunned. That's Um, not the right. That's that's never, that's that's not the right. That's never been the right. Fuck you. That's not a right. I'm so mad. It's it's my right to say things and you're not allowed to get mad at me for it. I, I'm glad they put it out there in stark black and white. They, everyone's been sort of, all of the free speech absolutists have been tiptoeing around this. Yeah. Um, and the New York Times editorial board was stupid enough to just actually say it, that you should have a fundamental right to voice your opinions in public without fear of being shamed or shamed. Basically, yeah, you're not allowed to disagree with me or hurt my feelings. It's illegal to at me. I want to be very clear about that. It's just the most walnut-brained take. These these people, these people need. I hope they have. They don't. They don't want to be several very nice days over and over again. They they don't want to be confronted by the fact that any of their actions might have, uh, you know, unfortunate consequences. They simply refuse to 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 have that realization and if you bring that up to them like oh but there might be you know uh negative externalities about that that is evil and you are doing evil and you're bad and you're violating their rights um and you should be you should be you should be ashamed actually so it's just like so there (laughs) i just like i don't know like it's 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 so stupid it's hard to find the words to like describe it because it's just so obviously wrong you know you know it's, it's funny like, that all the people who are talking about the constitution the constitution and the bill of rights do not read it yeah who is this for that's the question like is this to troll people i don't think I they're don't that know. smart yeah like what's the point of it it, it maybe it's like a i hate using this term like a trial balloon but it's almost like they want to float yeah. an ideology to see if they can get enough of their fellow 
powerful people in line to get behind this and make yeah. it the norm. I, it's very strange to me. How, how many people um, are willing to get behind a sort of soft fascism? Yeah. Throw them all into the La Brea tar pits for all I care. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, Brian, do not tell me it's a it's a uh, asphalt pit. I will come for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a tar speak, pit. Speaking so of people, you're explain come what tar for. is. <laughs> um, the Wall Street Journal, another paragon of clear thinking. Uh-huh. Um, this is an op-ed where uh, it's entitled uh, "Compliance is the reason we still have mask mandates." Um, and basically the author of it gets mad at, uh, herself because she went to a theater and they said, um, oh, you got to wear masks in here. And instead of making a fuss and ruining the entire like night out, she just took the mask and sort of complied. So yeah, yeah. like a normal person, mm-hmm. but, yeah. that, but that's fascism. The, <laughs> right. I arrived at the theater five minutes before the curtain went up and was asked to put on my mask. I didn't have one. I threw my masks away the minute the New York City mandates were lifted, but the helpful door attendant was happy to hand me one. I shouldn't have, but I took it. I thought about handing it back and turning on my heel, but I didn't. I put it on and rushed to meet my friends. Um, I told myself making a public fuss was a substitute for acting on what I should, what I believed I should have left. Instead, I sat down. I see that the mask monitors in the front of the room who scan the audience for masks that dip below their noses. They seem to love their jobs. Uh, I could have stood up, apologized to my friends, and said what I truly felt that abiding by this policy was feeding the monster, and that I was not, I would not participate. But I didn't. It was raining outside, and I didn't want to upset my friend. I had heard great things. Blah 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 blah. Um. I had refused masks before for going a night at the opera and an entrance into a store, but when it was easy, I was all in. But in a moment of decision, when convenience and conviction collided, I chose the former. Shame on me and everyone else who feels as I do and acts as I did. We are the reason that mask mandates still exist. This is so weird because... You got owned by having a conscience for a moment. (laughs) It's so... It's so contrary to my personal experience that the, all of the social pressure is to not be wearing a mask where I live. Like, um, yeah, people look at you funny if you're wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah and and uh, I they don't you know, they don't want I, you to wear a mask because it makes them feel guilty for not wearing. Yeah, a mask. they don't want to yeah, be reminded and they, of it. They can't they can't handle. They're all about individual liberty and individual choice in this abstract idea. But the moment that you do something that they makes them feel bad, they have to control how you behave. I literally had an incidence of this the other day at work because they lifted the mask mandate in California for schools. Um, Mm. And so a lot of people have stopped wearing masks. The superintendent sent out an email that said it's, it's up to everyone's choice and it's encouraged for you to be responsible, but you know, it's up to you and we hope that you don't, you know, also, uh, you know, accept that other people have the right to make the choice they want, you know, let's not fight over this basically. and by the way, while we're, uh, you know, uh, rolling back the mask mandates, uh, the number of Yankee Candle reviews where people are complaining about having no smell um, <laughs> is going up again. So that's great. It's yeah. like an early indicator. <laughs> it's uh, all very cool. just cool, cool, cool. So so I was at one, of you know, somewhere, a, a job site that I went to and um, I was wearing a mask and I was helping out a teacher and another teacher who's kind of you know was like being a little nosy and kind of interrupting while i was trying to help out this teacher was like you know they none of them are wearing masks and they come up to me and they're like you know the mask mandate was lifted right and i said yeah uh-huh and i just went back to trying to do what i was 
initially trying to do. <laughs> and and then that wasn't enough for them. So they had to be like, um, they're like, well, then, so why are you still wearing it? Like, that is that is because like, I was even never wearing it, up, it begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah. Even, even wearing it, even bringing it up was was inappropriate. But then going that far was highly inappropriate and and just messed up. And so I, I just like looked at them and I said, because I'm smart. <laughs> and they were like so shocked. Uh, and then they and then they were like, well, in my experience, the people who are loudest to say that are the least. And I was like, yeah, OK. Like and then I just like walked away. Like, I mean, That's great. Yeah. Meanwhile, this center had to be shut down. None of our other ones did. But it had to be shut down because of the massive amount of COVID cases because of these oh, people who obviously yeah. do not understand how airborne viruses work, which is interesting since they're teaching not. the youth there's, of America. There's no correlation there, obviously. Yeah, absolutely not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so easy to understand how this works. This is something I learned from like, you know, reading Rainbow as a six-year-old. Like, it's not hard to understand how airborne virus works and that mm. if you wear a mask, it will help. Like, yeah, it's not that hard. And I don't know. I, I don't go in there and see all the people not wearing masks and go and throw a fit and be like, I can't come in here. I just go in and do my job. But it's just, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not that way. It's that what world do these people live in? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the pressure is way more to get back to normal. The, the pressure is to normalize and just accept that this is how it is. And we can we don't have to think about it. And so mm-hmm. for people to be so annoyed that they're made to do something like that just really says a lot about what world they live in, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Little um, tar pits, throw them in. Any uh, exciting breaking news here from the Sunday shows. Uh, uh, Dr. Fauci was on the Sunday shows and said, uh, oh, the great. bottom line is we will likely see an uptick in cases. Oh, well, yeah. how, well for why? How did that happen? Uh, hmm. Uh, the BA2 subvariant. I've actually got a clip from him uh, explaining it. Let me play it real quick. Okay. My answer is something called science. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, should we wrap yeah, it up? Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> should we wrap it up just like you should wrap your face up? Yeah. When you exactly. go out in public so Pulse? you don't spread a disease? Am I right? <laughs> I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this I'm trying and I'm learning Thank you for your patience There's so many mistakes I have already made But I'm working to be better day by day And I think I'm gonna make it But for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing I have no idea what I'm doing